0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever, to get $100 off your ticket. You
1: think you're going to get wealthier. I get that. People read my book because they want to know how to build wealth. I wrote the book because I want them to think about something more important than just material wealth. Money is a great slave. It's a lousy master.
0: Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner, For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best Ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going.
2: Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. My name is Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Terry Moore. Terry, how are you doing today?
1: It's a great day in the neighborhood, and I'm glad to be here with you.
2: Yep, and I'm thankful for you joining us today. A little bit about Terry. He is the co-owner of ACI, which is Apartment Consultants, Inc., which has closed more than 4,000 escrows. He is the author of Building Legacy Wealth, How to Build Wealth and Live a Life Worth Living. He's from San Diego, California, and you can say hi to him at his website, San Diego Apartment Broker. That's San Diego Apartment, singular, broker, singular, dot com. So, Terry, before we begin, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today?
1: Yes. I'm one of those rare people who love what I do. It's a calling. It started out as a job, became a career, and became a calling. When I was about 40 years old, I finally figured out some of the themes of my life and Part of what I love about this is I get to help real estate investors make the most important financial choice of their next decade. I help people buy or sell primarily San Diego County apartments, and to some extent, single tenant triple nets. So for more than 50 years, I've been helping adults make smart choices about money. And in the last 20 years or so, I've been paying a lot more attention, not just to wealth building, not just wealth management but more important issues like legacy. So I'm an income property broker in San Diego County and my focus is legacy. It's great, Theo, that you and I and thousands of our listeners are wealthy, but more important is to what end. And we'll probably talk more about legacy with passing time.
2: Sure. Thanks for sharing that. Well, let's just jump right into that. So First, maybe just differentiate the difference between what you said, building a wealth as opposed to building a legacy. Is there a difference between those two? Are those two different things? Are they connected?
1: Sure. So the guy with the widget factory who gets wealthy, he's built wealth. You leave a legacy, whether you're the richest person on the planet or the poorest pauper. The legacy is what people do and or say and or think because of your influence. So when a dad yells at his kids, that leaves a legacy. When a mom helps a neighbor, that leaves a legacy. Legacy of the lessons that people learn is they watch you live out your values. So regardless of your wealth, you're creating a legacy. The focus of my life in this part is not just to help people become wealthy for 40 years, I've helped people become wealthy. We've had a couple hundred people who become millionaires and probably more than 50 who become multimillionaires. But now that I'm social security age and I have some silver hair, I recognize that there's a lot of things more important than wealth. And the virus and the recession have gotten us all thinking about things more important than just money. I hope that you haven't had a life event in the last year where somebody you care about has been threatened by an accident or cancer or the mafia stole the favorite grandchild. But lots of us eventually recognize that an inheritance is just the stuff. The inheritance is the dimes, the dollars, the deeds. The legacy is what people say and do and think because you were here. So everybody has a legacy. Not everybody gets wealthy. In my day job i help people become wealthy and i want my clients not just to leave a big stack of net worth more important i want them to have a life that's worth imitating
2: so would you mind kind of walk us through how that kind of plays out in your day to day so obviously you're working with clients to buy real estate and you focus on helping them find the proper deal what's the part of your process that you implement that helps them and kind of teaches them how to build a legacy as well?
1: Well, in one sense, if they were paying attention, their parents or their grandparents or their rabbi, their pastor, lots of folks, there've been a variety of mentors and heroes that have lived lives or talked about lives that were worth imitating. And kind of my job as their guide I don't pick what they're going to do. I don't pick what property, but as their guide, I help people live out their values and their integrity in ways that benefit others. So let me be more tangible. The way you deal with the tenant makes a difference. What you will and what you won't say in negotiating is part of the legacy. I think of rental ownership as face-to-face capitalism. Not everybody gets to play, but the rental owners by definition are leaders. By definition, they are impactful people. If you get to decide when somebody gets new appliances or when their rent goes up or whether or not they get a concession when they get laid off, that makes you a very influential person. A lot of people that I serve are financially independent. They don't have to go to work next week if they don't want to but they have a big influence on the people around them. They may not have anybody working on their staff, but they influence where people live. So the people that I serve are in the richest 3% of the world's population. They're impactful people whether they recognize it or not. And I invite people to think about not just how do we help you get the best price when you're buying, or how do we help you get the most money when you're selling, but instead, How do we make it something where you do great things and the people around you also gain at the same time? A different way to say it is I invite people to become abundance thinkers, folks who have a zero-sum game mentality. I'm not much value to them. I can help them transact business, but I don't have a lasting influence in their lives. But instead, I try to empower wealthy people to create value for those around them. This sounds esoteric, but essentially, I help people buy and sell apartment buildings, and we do it in a way that's not grinding the other side, but forgive me for saying this, blessing the other side.
2: So it's like a, when you first meet someone, is a requirement that you have for working with someone, like they have to be thinking in this way, or is it something where you have, a, you have like a conversation with them to say, right. "Hey, here's a list of things that you should be doing if you want to leave this positive legacy." I'm just trying to get an idea of here's the brutal
1: reality. I serve folks of political party A and political party B. I serve folks who are of every religion. You know, if you take the outrageous claims of Jesus seriously, yay, hooray. I'm glad to work with you. Alternately, if you think Buddha has the monopoly on spiritual insight, that's fine. I'm glad to serve you. So I don't work with only people whose worldview matches mine. I don't have to agree with my clients, I need to understand them. But essentially, if people think that I'm a crazy religious zealot, they don't hire me. That's fine, God bless you, have a nice life, who's next? The folks who think that my history will enable them to do better are inclined to hire me, and some people do and some people don't. Whether they agree with me on my worldview is immaterial. My job is to serve them with excellence and maybe, They'll buy some of my crackpot notions, and maybe they won't. But my job is to be the servant. The clients that I most love dealing with don't necessarily share my worldview, but they do do the right thing plus one more. They do have some version of people benefiting from dealing with them.
2: You mentioned in your background introduction that you've been doing this for 50 years, and then the last 20 years has been the focus on what we've been talking about for the majority of this conversation, which is the legacy aspect. Did something happen to you? Was there a event in your life that made you start to think this way 20 years ago? That's a
1: great question. It's an hour-long answer. <laughs> the, the short version was 40 years ago, I made a life choice. I became a person of faith. And a couple of years ago, I was on a bike on a triathlon. I'm the oldest I'm probably the slowest triathlete that you know. But I was minding my own business in San Diego thinking, boy, this triathlon's off to kind of a slow start. And the short version is I spent two days, a night in the hospital. I fell off the bike, and I could have easily woken up dead. And that was kind of a startling event. And since then, there's a phrase that stuck with me, and it's Psalm 95.12. Teach us to number our days that we might give you a heart of wisdom. Theo, you and I have no guarantee of mortal life tomorrow. There's a fellow named William Carey, and he had a prayer one time, and he said, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of succeeding. It's something that doesn't matter. The book of Essentialism talks about picking the very few things that really matter and going for gusto for those few things, and skipping lots of confetti. So with passing time, I've gotten a greater focus trying to put what little time, what little chips I've got left on the things which will matter after I'm gone. So it's been a gradual process. For a long time, I've been focused on trying to help my clients succeed. And with passing time, it's not just, how do we make you wealthier, Theo? Instead, it's, How do we make you wealthier and invite you to consider being a blessing, creating abundance, adding value to the people around you? I understand you're gonna engage with me because you think you're gonna get wealthier. I get that. People read my book because they wanna know how to build wealth. I wrote the book because I want them to think about something more important than just material wealth. Money is a great slave. It's a lousy master.
2: All right, Harry. What is your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: See more deals. The best folks that I serve do not have to be sold on a deal. The best folks that I serve see lots of options and they look for ways to limit the risk. But it starts with, you don't get two deals a year. I had a conversation 10 minutes before we started with a guy who's got a quarter of a billion dollars worth of real estate. And he looks at a couple of hundred opportunities every year. So he knows how to recognize a good deal. And that's the starting point. The second piece is how do you minimize the risk on the good deals?
2: Perfect. All right, Terry, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I hope so. <laughs> All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor.
0: Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at com forward slash show. That's dot com forward slash show.
2: Okay, what is the best ever book you've recently read? And let's try to connect it to this topic of legacy. So what's the best ever book you've recently read that's been in some form related to this idea of building a legacy?
1: There's a book called Love and Money by Roy O. Wilson. He did a study of young presidents, organization families, a couple of thousand of them. And when the money transferred from the first to the second generation, most of the families blew up They sued each other or they lost the main income reducing property. And by the time it transferred from the second to third generation, 97% of them had lost the main asset or the family had sued each other. So Love and Money talked a little bit more about legacy and what it takes to be able to transfer to your kids the values, not just the money, but the values that created the wealth. Another book that I've recently read was called righteous mind and that was insightful because it talked about how people of different worldviews, different political views understand the world differently and how hard it is for people figuratively speaking from Mars to communicate figuratively speaking with people from Venus and how to be effective we need to stretch to what our listeners hear what's inside their skin and how they perceive it. And they could be ethical people of the other political party who understand the world differently. And our job is to find a way to help them understand and for us to understand them. The third thing that I'll mention is a classic, the seven habits of highly effective people. And one of those ideas early on is you need to understand before you can be understood. Another idea in that book was begin with the ending, end in mind. What is it you want to accomplish? If you know your why, it's very easy to pick your how.
2: If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I would cry. I
1: would hug my wife. I would buy the RV and start reading the rest of the next hundred Pulitzer Prize winners that I have in mind to do.
2: What is the best ever way you like to give back?
1: I'm a person of faith, so we give time, money, and prayer to make it easier for people to understand our worldview and at least consider it. Most Memorial Days, I go to Mexico and build a house, and on most Memorial Days, I pay for somebody to go with me. And the group that I'm part of has now built more than 50 houses in Mexico for folks some of whom share our faith and some of whom don't. But if you and I were to go to Mexico and you went with me, you would hand over the keys to Mrs. Garcia or Mrs. Lopez or Mrs. Rodriguez, and she would cry and you would cry. And you wouldn't remember Mrs. Rodriguez, but she would always remember you. And that's one of my favorite ways
2: to give back. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you?
1: The phone number is 619-889-1031. Six one nine eight eight nine ten
2: thirty one. Perfect. Is that your office number, your cell phone number? That's my cell. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. Best Definitely take advantage of that because this was a very, very thought-provoking interview. I really enjoyed it. I really like your mindset, your worldview towards building wealth. And really the biggest takeaway and what we talked about was that it's not all about the money. It's more about, as you mentioned, having a life worth living, but also leaving a legacy and, when most people think of legacy, they think of leaving dimes, dollars, and deeds. But it's more than just that. It's about your interactions with people, what you've said, what you think, and how that influences other people. And you gave lots of examples of that, ways way that you help others leave that type of legacy, why you transitioned into thinking this way. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this with us. It's been a very insightful interview. I know Best Ever listeners are going to get a lot from this. I sure did. Appreciate you coming out again. Best of your listeners as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Thanks, Theo. You're a gentleman, a scholar, and drinker of fine wine. Be a blessing.